Hi, this is Marvin Bland with great news. This episode of the podcast, along with all of our other podcast episodes, are now available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Amazon Music. Simply type in the podcast with Marvin Bland and subscribe. Then you will never miss a devotional, sermon, or interview. All content that we produce on the podcast with Marvin Bland. I hope that you will enjoy this podcast you're about to listen to. And until the next time we upload, blessings, peace, and love. From the New Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in East Dublin, Georgia, this is the podcast. As controversy swirls over the new comprehensive voting law that dramatically alters Georgia's election system, another battle with equally profound implications looms on the horizon redistricting. In the coming months, state lawmakers will begin redrawing the lines of Georgia's legislative and congressional districts, a process that will help determine control of the state government and its policies for at least the next 10 years. The once in a decade redistricting process will play out in a particularly charged atmosphere at this time, coming on the heels of high-profile presidential and Senate elections with narrow margins and false claims of voter fraud and challenges to restrictive new voting laws. Today on the podcast, we talk about redistricting with House Representative Carolyn Hughley, Janet Grant, Vice Chair of Fair District Georgia, and Helen Butler, Executive Director of the Georgia Coalition for the People's Agenda. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, where today we are going to be talking about a really important thing that happens every 10 years in our country. This is redistricting with our, uh, with our state representatives and also our House district, U.S. House districts as well. So I have a great panel today, and uh, first, uh, let me have the, the panelists introduce themselves to you. First, Representative Carolyn Hughley. Good afternoon. My name is Carolyn Hughley, and I have the honor of representing House District 136, which is what I call the heart of Georgia because it goes from one end of the county to the next, uh, and it's pretty much straight up the middle of the, of the county. So uh, I have been in the House of Representatives for several years now, and I have the privilege of serving on the insurance committee, the rules committee, banks and banking, uh, and also the Appropriations Committee. So I'm just very pleased to be with you today. All right, good. Uh, Janet Grant. Good afternoon. My name is Janet Grant, and I am the vice chair of an organization called Fair Districts Georgia. And Fair Districts Georgia is a, is a nonpartisan uh, nonprofit organization that is really focused on redistricting reform here in the state of Georgia. So we're excited to be part of this conversation today. As you said, this is the year uh, for redistricting, and uh, it's really important that all citizens understand the importance and get engaged in the process. So pleased to be with, with you here today and with Representative Hughley. All right, great. Uh, and then Helen Butler. Well, good afternoon, and thank you so much for having me to be a part of this. I'm Helen Butler, Executive Director of the Georgia Coalition for the People's Agenda. We are a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that was founded by the late Reverend Dr. Joseph Eccles-Lowry, and we're 
not the typical organization. We're made up of representatives from the civil rights, human rights, environmental, peace, justice, labor, uh, women's youth, just people that are concerned about improving the quality of governance by having an active and engaged electorate that will hold their elected officials accountable. And while we do a lot of civic engagement work, we also do issue organizing around education, the criminal justice, the environment, and economic empowerment. Uh, so we're just happy to be here. I know Representative Hugley, uh, worked with her over the years, and just happy to be a part, and glad to meet Ms. Grant. All right, great. Well, let's get started. And Representative Hughley, uh, my first question is for you is, what is redistricting and why is it important? Well, redistricting is the process that we go through every 10 years to make sure that each district has an equal number of people or constituents. Uh, and in Georgia, it's done in our, in our legislature. And uh, it's all based on the census numbers, and as you know, the census has given us the preliminary number, uh, and based on the number that we've been given, we know that we got to go in and redraw uh, all of the members of the House districts because now each House district will have to have 59, over 59,585 people. Senate district going to have to have one. 191,523, and then the congressional districts are going to be a little over 761,000 in population. So all of the districts have to be equal, and it's based off the principle of one person, one vote. And that is how we uh, come up with redistricting, and that's why it's important. And the, the other reason it's important uh, is... Um, because it allows each of us to have our voice, and the way the districts are drawn will determine uh, each community's access to government and their voice in what actually happens, not only on the House and Senate and congressional level, but it goes all the way down to school board and special purpose districts. All of those entities will have to be redrawn as a result of the 2020 census. Gotcha. Now, who does the redrawing? Well, the, the, the maps are drawn by the, uh, the Georgia General Assembly uh, in Georgia. There are some states that use independent redistricting commissions, and I'm sure Janet will tell us about that and why that's important. But in Georgia, it's done by the Georgia General Assembly. Uh, the House and the Senate uh, has to vote on the maps and get a majority, and then they, they have to be signed by the governor or vetoed by the governor, as the case may be. For the uh, municipal uh, um, entities, uh, they have to be uh, reviewed by our uh, legislative and congressional uh, reapportionment committees, and then they go through that same process. Okay. So, so Janet, um, let's talk a little bit about, about this process. And there's a word that we need to introduce to the conversation, which is gerrymandering. What is gerrymandering? Uh, is it legal? And is it, is it done in Georgia? Yes, unfortunately, gerrymandering is uh, done here in Georgia, has been done historically in Georgia and all across the country. 
Um, so the name gerrymandering actually comes from Eldridge Gary, who was the governor of Massachusetts, and, um, and he was also uh, a vice president. Um, he was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, so he played a significant role in our history, but he is known for gerrymandering because when he was governor, he signed a bill that allowed a redrawing of the, of the districts in uh, Massachusetts in order to benefit his political party, um, and that district looked like a salamander. And that's where the name gerrymandering comes from. So it really goes back um, in history, and, um, and we've seen gerrymandering done by uh, both political parties, typically by the party that's in the majority. They are trying to save um, seats for their incumbents and to expand their political um, power. And so they take advantage of the ability to draw the maps in order to um, benefit them. We also see real significant issues with racial gerrymandering. Um, it's definitely been used as a suppression tactic in the past, and so we have rules in the Voting Rights Act uh, that, um, that address that, and that is an illegal form of gerrymandering. Partisan gerrymandering, the federal uh, courts no longer will review partisan gerrymandering because the Supreme Court a few years ago um, decided that this was um, more in the purview. They were going to kind of punt it, and it's in the purview of states and state courts. And unfortunately, here in Georgia, our Constitution um, does not really um, uh, support the idea of being able to pursue legal remedies for partisan gerrymandering, but definitely can for racial gerrymandering. So, Helen, and thank you, Janet. So, Helen, um, as we get into uh, the, the redistricting or reapportionment uh, uh, aspects of what's going to happen very soon, what role can, can I, as average citizens or, or, or our listeners, take uh, a part in this, in this effort? Well, one of the things that um, we can do as citizens is do get engaged in this process. We can draw our own map. Uh, and we're, Representative Hughley said that redistricting is about having uh, a voice, and it is our voice that we want to have people that will represent us. Uh, there are factors, uh, principles that people can use to uh, draw maps, but we want people to be engaged in that uh, process. We're doing that. We have the Georgia Redistricting Alliance that is made up of a lot of organizations that come together to draw what we call fair maps that ensure that communities of interest, uh, that people who have a general interest or want to have people that represent those interests will be able to participate in that process. We can draw our own maps. We can go to hearings. We can testify as to why our maps should be adopted versus the ones that may be presented by the legislative delegation. Uh, we can uh, record our stories as the people that are engaged in the process of why our communities believe it should be drawn fairly, uh, why it should represent us. 
and we should be able to choose people that we want to represent us, not the other way around. Uh, so it's incumbent on us to be engaged. It's just another form of holding our elected officials accountable. They work for us. It is our obligation to ensure that we get the districts and drawn the way that will represent us as a community. Um, so it doesn't uh, matter about the polar party or political affiliation. It's communities coming together to decide how the map should be drawn and so we can get engaged in that process ourselves. Uh, we working, we're working with people now to educate them. Uh, we have software that's available to help them to draw the map, uh, their own map, so they can see how it would work. Uh, so again, uh, as Representative Hughley said, the maps are supposed to be drawn with a certain number. Of course, there could be minor deviations to it, but we want to make certain that we get the the maps that represent us, uh, that represent our interests, and that we come together to do that and present them to the legislature. Okay. So, Representative Hughley, let me ask you this. As a Democrat in a Republican-controlled legislature uh, with a Republican governor, how much, how much influence do you have over the, the uh, drawing of the map? Well, uh, just like citizens, uh, Democrats are going to be fully engaged in the map drawing process. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, the districts don't belong to me or to any other legislator. They belong to the people. And our job is going to be trying to make sure that the people's voices can be heard, and as uh, Ms. Butler has said, so that the people can choose their representatives and not the other way around. Uh, of course, we are in the, in the minority, uh, but we have to stand firm and to make sure that communities of interest are not uh, pushed together or pulled apart uh, to serve somebody's personal or political interests. And I think that's, that's, that's very important. So we're going to be there. We're going to be engaged. Of course, we don't have the majority of the votes. But we know at the end of the day when the map is drawn, uh, if it is not drawn appropriately, it can be challenged in court. Uh, and so we will be fighting all the way through the process for uh, what we want is fair maps for uh, the constituents uh, that we represent. Well, let me get into this with, with, with Janet Grant then. Uh, we, we talk about fair maps. Uh, does the Voting Rights Act give any remedy to a map that is not fair? And what would you consider being a fair map? Well, that is, a, that is the big question. That's the million-dollar question in this process for sure. Um, the Voting Rights Act um, requires that there be at least as many um, majority minority districts in a state that um, that there were in the previous round. Um, so you don't want to disadvantage um, the opportunity for minority populations to select a um, representative of their of their choice. Um, however, the Voting Rights Act doesn't um, address really 
the ability to expand those majority minority districts or to um, uh, optimize the opportunity for the election of uh, minority candidates. And so, you know, that is the place where we think that there's additional opportunity here in Georgia. We are partnering with an organization called the Princeton Gerrymandering Project out of Princeton University to do very sophisticated analytics for us. And we just unveiled yesterday at our, um, at our town hall some of that information related to this issue of the Voting Rights Act and minority representation. And that analysis showed that while there were 15 in the current Senate, in um, state Senate here in Georgia, there are 15 minority um, uh, uh, representatives or senators, uh, districts, there were zero in what would be considered the opportunity range. And what that really said, back to something that Representative Hughley just said, that um, when those maps were drawn, um, black voting age population were packed into districts um, in order to dilute them from other districts where there might be more opportunity. And um, the ana an analytics from Princeton says that we should probably have between one to three opportunity districts, and in Georgia we have zero in the current Senate maps. So we are working with Princeton so that we can um, provide benchmarks once the census data comes out in September, that we can provide benchmarks for the legislature to um, know what are fair maps. They, those analytics, they, they um, utilize very sophisticated computer programs that draw something like 500,000 maps and show what the normal range would be so that we can then, when the maps um, come out from the legislature, compare those to see if they are an outlier. And um, we believe that that will bring some independent um, benchmarks that are much needed in this process that can become very partisan. Okay. Uh, well, so, so let me ask Representative Hughley this, and I'm going to sound like the biggest cynic in the world. Um, at the end of the day, this is a, to me, this is a political process. And it's a political process that uh, has tentacles of power to it. And, um, and, and, it, and it also seems to me that sometimes deals are made uh, with minority representatives that, hey, if we give you this district, then we can, uh, two or three districts, we can draw everything else and we can make the other districts really, really safe for our candidates uh, because of, uh, because we we packed all the minorities in 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 two or three uh, districts and, and we've given them that as long as we've got the, the majority of the districts. How much of that horse trading is going on? Well, you know, it's politics. There's always going to be some horse trading going on, but it doesn't do uh, minority representatives any good to have an 80 percent majority minority district and continue to be in the minority party. Because as long as you don't have an opportunity to get to majority, then you don't fully have an opportunity to, to engage the process, to promote uh, the issues and the ideas that you feel are important and that will best represent your constituency. So uh, you have to think about both those things. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and Helen uh, Butler, uh, again, the cynic in me, it seems to me that 
have we gotten beyond uh, the, the, the point where you have to have uh, a district that is so heavily minority, and, and that's the only way to elect uh, someone of color or, or, or woman? Could, can, can our candidates now, as we saw with Reverend Warnock, uh, can can our candidates stand on their own and win, uh, despite the fact that they may uh, be not the uh, majority in a particular district? Well, that's what we consider fair map in terms of giving the opportunity to have communities that uh, want to have representatives uh, represent them draw their own map so that they can do the comparison that Janet talked about. Um, no, it, I mean, there, it has been proven. In fact, that Georgia has a couple of districts that show that you don't have to have people packed or you don't have to have people cracked. So minorities cracked. Packed means you put them all in one area. Cracked means you, you split them so far they have no influence. So those, there are some districts like that, and those are, I'm sure there are other, as Janet said, there are opportunity districts that will be available. And people have to be engaged in this process and have, make their voices heard. And as uh, Representative Hughley said, we, if necessary, we have to be ready to challenge those in court and have people that will be able to testify as to why it should be that way. Um, I know we have worked with the Lawyers Committee, ACLU, and several others in bringing those kinds of challenges and have been very successful at those uh, kinds of challenges. So it does not require uh, that necessarily that a district be 80% minority or majority. So it, 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 it means that we can get districts that represent the communities of interest, and we should be able to do that, draw maps fairly uh, to, to achieve that goal. So, Janet, there's another word that we have not kind of talked about uh, in this discussion, and, and, and that's demographics uh, and population growth. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe, what, uh, 10 years ago, Gwinnett County uh, was, was a majority white county, and now it is mm -hmm. a majority uh, minority county. So um, mm -hmm. how much are uh, demographics and demographic growth uh, taken into account when, when drawing districts, particularly, and, and I'm in a rural area uh, where I passed and where I live, mm -hmm. Uh, particularly as we see Metro Atlanta uh, growing and exploding, um, uh, how is that going to affect rural areas in terms of House and Senate districts uh, and, and, and gaining more, more House and Senate districts, this is on the state level, perhaps in the metro area? Yeah, and that is exactly why redistricting needs to happen on a regular basis every 10 years after the census is, um, is the time that, um, that, uh, that all states do that. Um, but we had a, a growth of about a million people um, when the census um, apportionment numbers came out the end of April. So, um, and that is, as you said, you know, concentrated more in the metro area than it is in uh, rural areas of Georgia. So 
Um, the maps are going to look very different. They're going to need to look very different. As Representative Hughley said, we're going to see increase in numbers of people in each district, but we're also going to see rural districts that are going to look a lot larger and metro di districts that will um, likely shrink in terms of geographic size. Um, the demographics that you talked about also um, you know, come into play. Obviously, again, we're um, looking to comply with the Voting Rights Act, and so those shifts in, um, you know, where the population is, as you said, Gwinnett County is kind of the, um, a center example um, of that, and, um, and so that's, that's definitely, um, you know, expected that we'll see some pretty significant changes um, based on just purely the demographics and um, and the reality of um, of our population growth. So uh, let me just reset here. You're listening to the podcast, and we're having a discussion about uh, reapportionment, redistricting in the state of Georgia. The next thing I want to talk about is Representative Hughley. Take us into uh, the the nuts and bolts of what's going to happen. When is the redistricting uh, session? special session of the legislature uh, uh, set for? Uh, how long will it take to, to do this work? Uh, what preliminary work has been done by the legislature uh, coming up to this point? Just uh, give us a flavor of that. Okay. Well, first of all, the, um, the legislature will convene after the final numbers come out, and we're expecting those numbers toward the end of September. Uh, and the governor will do a call of special session, and that in that call he will uh, direct us in terms of what districts are going to be drawn during this special session, and he will indicate how long that special session is going to be. So right now we don't have a date for the special session, but we anticipate it will be October time frame. Okay, before all right, great. Right. Before we get to that session, uh, the – uh, reapportionment uh, committees uh, are going to host town hall meetings across the state is what I've been told. Uh, and the schedule has not come out for those yet, but we are anticipating a schedule to come out within the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then that's when citizens need to begin involving themselves in the process, going to those public hearings, uh, talking to legislators about why your area is important, what is your community of interest, how would you like to see uh, your congressional district or your House district or your Senate district aligned. Uh, for, for those uh, uh, citizens, as, as Janet was talking about, for those citizens in the rural areas, uh, they're going to see that uh, their representative or senator is going to be stretched out and will represent multiple counties as opposed to those uh, representatives in more urban areas. They will represent probably a part of one county, uh, which is I represent a part of one county, part of Columbus, but I used to represent uh, part of Columbus and all of Talbot County. Uh, and we have a representative... Uh, down in, in uh, southwest Georgia who represents probably more than 11 counties. And uh, those uh, southern districts are going to get larger because they have to get to the new population number. 
So uh, each district is increasing in population by about 5,000 for legislative house districts. And so uh, area-wise, for the um, rural districts, it's going to be bigger. Uh, and mm. the more compact uh, the area is, the, the smaller those districts are going to be. Uh, so um, after the... Uh, after the announcement is made about the uh, public hearings, I would encourage your listeners uh, to go. Some of them are going to be virtual and some of them are going to be in person, but please participate. And as these ladies have said, this is one of the ways that you hold your elected officials accountable, uh, but you cannot hold anyone accountable if you are not engaged in the process. So uh, we encourage you all to participate. We encourage citizens to learn uh, as much as they can about uh, this process, and that's why I applaud you for doing this podcast uh, for them today to provide them with some information. Uh, and uh, the the uh, Georgia Redistricting Alliance, the People's Agenda, the Fair uh, Districts Georgia are all going to be out there working, trying to educate citizens and encourage them to be involved in this process. Great. So let me ask this question, and, and any of you can, can take it. So um, the last three or four uh, redistricting cycles, Georgia has gained uh, congressional, has gained at least one congressional seat. Uh, it, it seems now that Georgia will not gain a congressional seat. Uh, however, on the congressional level, uh, I've heard some talk that, uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, Georgia 6, uh, which Lucy McBath represents, uh, that, uh, that there may be some, uh, uh, some, some tinkering with the population in that particular district uh, to, to give her a, a, a harder political time uh, and, and maybe even taking some people away from the 14th, which is so solidly Republican uh, that, it can, uh, that it can afford to take some people away from the 14th and put them like in a 6th or, or some of the other uh, districts to, 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 again, give uh, the political advantage to, uh, to a, a candidate of the opposite party. I, I want to get some comments on, on that. I think what you're saying is, um, is what some of the um, political um, types are, are uh, discussing, and, um, and that is exactly, you know, back to the point that Representative Hughley just made. That's exactly why we need citizens all across the state of Georgia to really um, be loud during this process and to let them know that we want fair maps. We do not want those kind of partisan um, decisions um, being made. Um, when you poll uh, citizens, and this is consistent across across the country, when you poll citizens about their interest in having um, redistricting reform, it overwhelmingly polls positive on both sides of the aisle, on all sides of the aisle. Um, so that, you know, fairness is really what citizens want, and um, our elected officials in the majority party in this state need to hear that that the um, that that's what um, our citizens want. When um, when we had a mid-cycle redistricting bill in 2017, that was um, an attempt again by the majority party to continue to tweak the maps to their advantage. 
Um, we were able to drum up across a coalition of people, hundreds of people, to pack that hearing room. And they bowed down, and, um, and ever since then, there has not been a, re a mid-cycle redistricting bill successfully passed um, in Georgia. So citizens really can make a difference, and um, it's important for us to you know, let the majority party who is managing this process know that. So get, getting out to those hearings that Representative Hughley mentioned, talking about what's important in, um, in the districts that you live in. One of the things that we've seen in our analysis is that smaller cities across the state of Georgia are almost over two-thirds of the time are split. So you don't have one representative for your town or your city, one representative. Um, and you know, it's important that we um, make you know, th those that are in power to draw these maps know what is important to us. Is it, is it, so Representative Hughley, um, uh, Janet hit, hit on, I think, some really important points about uh, we citizens overwhelmingly would like to take politicians out of it. And, and, and half what we see in California and some other states, uh, a, a, a bipartisan commission uh, draw maps. Will that ever happen in Georgia? Well, it, it could happen, but uh, it's not going to happen right now, not for this, not for this cycle. Um, um, you know, we've, we've had bills put forward for a uh, redistricting commission. Those bills just haven't moved forward and gotten enough uh, support. But if citizens engage and demand of their legislators that that's what should be done, that's when that kind of bill is going to pass. Okay, I, 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 I'm going to put my finger on that and uh, and 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 hold uh, <laughs> and hold people to it, hold you hold you to it, because it just seems to me uh, that that no matter what political party you're in, that is a, a a huge wonderful perk, and to give it up is is very it could be very very difficult to do, uh, regardless of what political party you're in. Sorry for me sounding like a cynic, but uh, uh, I, I, but I am, okay. <laughs> We've uh, been working with the Redistricting Alliance, and, and we work with Senator Elena Parrott and some others uh, that have introduced independent redistricting commissions. Uh, uh, as Janet said, in 2017, we have to uh, make sure that we make enough noise as citizens to ensure that we get those independent redistricting committees, uh, commissions, so that we get the politicians out of that process. Uh, because most of them want to retain power. It's all about power and not necessarily about people. And so the people have to be engaged in this process. We've had bills introduced. Uh, I know we just did this past session, tried to get something introduce even just standards uh, that would allow for fairness uh, in this process uh, wouldn't get passed. So uh, we have to, again, be very engaged in this process as citizens uh, testify at these hearings. We need to know the schedule. We shouldn't have to be guessing when is it coming. Uh, we need to know in advance we're going to do it this day, that day, uh, not like the legislative session where we had to try to keep up with bills that uh, 
were introduced by the hour. So we need to make sure when these hearings are going to be held, make sure we show up, make sure we present our testimonies, and if necessary, I know in 2017, my nieces were plaintiffs in the Henry County lawsuit. So we have to be engaged and ready to actually challenge some of these things. Uh, and con- elections and being engaged, civic engagement is year-round 365. It's not just during election time. All right. And, and so the redistricting efforts that, are going, that will be going on this fall, uh, what are the, when is the effective date, Janet, of what the legislature is going to do? When, when will these new maps be in place? So those new maps would be in place for the election then next year for 2022. Um, so, and that is coming up on a very important election, obviously, here in Georgia um, with um, some critical um, you know, critical, all of our, our House representatives, all of our Senate representatives, all of our U.S. Congress, um, all will be on the ballot. So these, um, these are important maps. The other thing that we didn't touch on, Representative Hughley talked about the timeline, is that with the census delay, this is going to, you know, definitely be a challenge for getting these maps drawn um, in a timely fashion. And typically, um, or actually I think it's the law here in Georgia, that um, candidates need to live in their district um, for the year prior to the election. And if we don't have maps you know, in place and passed um, before early November, which I don't think we will, um, we will um, potentially have candidates that aren't even eligible for, um, for a district to be able to run in, in that particular district um, in the next election. So it's, it is challenging, um, uh, but um, we normally would have maps passed by like August, and now we're looking at probably, you know, maybe later in November. I was thinking about the census. And the fact that, because I was, I was really surprised that Georgia did not pick up a seat. Uh, and so mm-hmm. does that, and Janet, does that tell us that, uh, that, that the census, we, 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 we had an undercount? Well, there's, I mean, there's two schools of thought. One is just that um, while we increased a million, there are many states that increased even more. Um, and then there is a concern um, in particular because some states that were, were really on the um, high expectation list for gaining more seats did not gain as many as they did, and that's like Texas and Florida. So the concern there is that there's a, potentially an undercount on the Hispanic population in particular. Um, so the quality of the census is definitely, you know, um, one of the reasons why there was the delay that they wanted to take more time in order to make sure it's right. But um, that undercount on Hispanic population is likely, and I'm not sure how much that would have um, impacted Georgia, but definitely states like uh, Texas and Florida. There was actually, I think, less change this time uh, between states than um, historically there is um, in terms of you know, switching of states. Yeah. Was was Georgia yeah. was Georgia on the high expectation list? No, no, it was not. Okay. It, it was anticipated okay. that we were going to stay at fourteen. Okay, so as we close out this discussion, and and um, 
Representative Carolyn Hughley and uh, Helen Butler and Janet Grant, thank you so much for, for being with us. I want to uh, at least give, let you guys have a pardon shot and a closing word uh, as, we, um, uh, as we look forward to the work that has to be done uh, going forward. So uh, Janet Grant, if you could start us out. Well, I'll, I'm just going to repeat what we've, um, all three of us have been saying, which is, you know, this is a really important process. Um, you know, gerrymandering in this state and across the country has definitely contributed to the hyper-partisanship that we have and the, you know, inability to um, really have bipartisan solutions. And so this is the year for us to make a difference, hopefully get fair maps and, um, and improve um, on our democracy. So it's very important for everyone to get involved in, uh, and be part of the process. And thank you for having me. My pleasure. Helen Butler. Well, I will say ditto to what Janet said uh, and what we've all been saying is citizens need to be engaged. We are currently holding sessions like this. I have another redistricting session tonight at 7. So it's we're trying to educate the public why it's important to be engaged why it's important to hold your elected officials accountable. This is a part of holding them accountable. Please be engaged with us. If you want to contact us at The People's Agenda, go to thepeoplesagenda.org, thepeoplesagenda.org, and our call-out office and become engaged in the Georgia Redistricting Alliance. There are several organizations throughout the state that come together to look at this and work on these issues. So please join us and be a part of the change we want. And Representative Carolyn Hughley. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be with you, and I'm so pleased to be with Janet Grant and Helen Butler. They are the experts on this topic. Uh, And I can only just reemphasize what's already been said. We need to educate, educate, educate our citizens and encourage them to be engaged uh, in this process because it affects all of us. Uh, What we do in redistricting will affect the kind of representation that people across this state will have for the next 10 years. We only get to do it once every 10 years. So we need to try and get it right. Uh, So educate, 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 mobilize, 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 and participate will be my word uh, for today. Well, thank you so much for coming. And I also want to thank uh, my friend Kathy Adams for uh, putting this panel together. And I'm going to ask you right now that I would love for you to come back as we get closer to the session and uh, just to, to reiterate these messages and to give us more information about how we can be involved uh, in this process. So thank you so much. Really, really appreciate all of you appearing on the podcast. The podcast is a production of Two to Point Ministries in association with the New Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in East Dublin, Georgia. Our great team that helped put this podcast together includes Annie Ingram, Erica Bland, and Chandler Bland. Mel Bland is our executive producer. NBCDublin.com is your 24-7 worship center for New Bethel. There you'll find sermons, blogs, podcasts, videos, and commentary. I hope that you'll check it out. I'm Marvin Bland, and you've been listening to the podcast. And the next time we upload, 
Blessings, peace, and love.